0: Today on CityCast Pittsburgh.
1: We did it, Joe!
0: We've made it to the weekend, finally. I don't know about you, but I'm drained, mostly emotionally, from binging euphoria. Um, So I could certainly use a news roundup with the CityCast team to talk about all the stories we've missed or the stories we just can't get enough of. It's Friday, March 4th. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. The gang's all here today. Megan Harris, hello. Matt Stroud, hi. And Francesca Debecco. hey Morgan. Hey Francesca. Did any of you get outside this week? It was actually very nice out. I don't want to jinx it. I hope it stays like this. But it's Pittsburgh. But uh, Matt, did you get outside?
2: I did. I went for a nice run yesterday. Uh, it was it was lovely.
3: Are you a runner? Uh, sometimes.
2: Uh, occasionally, <laughs> like if I feel like it.
3: <laughs> you seem skeptical about it.
2: <laughs> Mostly not. Um, but on days like yesterday where like, I just want to get outside, um, I, I will go for you know, a few miles.
1: I am not a runner, um, but I do have a, a pretty nice back porch, which I have been enjoying and sort of catching the sunset on those nicer evenings. So I'm definitely looking forward to springtime and, you know, it's been back and forth a, for a while with the weather. So I, I'm with you there, Morgan. I hope it I hope it sticks around. What about
0: you, Megan?
3: Uh, I've been under the weather, so I've done very well to make it a walk around my neighborhood a couple times this week. Hoping for another one today, though.
0: I ran for the bus last night and was pretty embarrassed. <laughs> that totally counts. <laughs> that. <laughs> that counts. Yeah. Well, let's jump in. What's the story that you can't stop thinking about this week? Uh, let's start with Matt.
2: Uh, this week, I've been following a story by Jordana Rosenfeld. I hope I'm pronouncing her, her name correctly. It is about the Colcomb Foundation. Um, that's a foundation that City Paper has been tracking for a long time. I've been reading their stories on, on this group for a long time. Um, Colcom styles itself as an environmental group, and they are to an extent. They give to progressive environmental projects, groups that help with water quality issues, uh, recycling, land conservancy. But they also give to groups that the Southern Poverty Law Center has labeled as hate groups, groups like the yeah, groups like the Center for Immigration Studies, the Federation for American Immigration Reform. These groups work to stifle immigration and push for policies that would significantly lessen rights for immigrants. Rosenfeld's story is about how something like 70 local businesses here in Pittsburgh have signed on to a petition by the Drop Colcomb campaign to have Colcomb stop its support for these hate groups.
3: Have they said why they're giving to these groups?
2: Like many of these foundations in Pittsburgh, uh, this comes from old family money. The woman who founded Colcomb is Cordelia Scaife May.
3: Ah, she, the Scaife family. The Scaife mm. family.
2: She died in 2005, but she founded Colcom. Uh, There was, in the late 60s and early 70s, a lot of worry about overpopulation. She was influenced by a book by a Stanford professor named Dr. Paul Ehrlich. That book was called The Population Bomb. And the contention of the book is that famines uh, that occurred between 1900 and 1970 were all the result of uh, an increasing population throughout the world. Um, And her answer to that grew into immigration reform. Uh, She wanted to make sure that fewer and fewer immigrants were coming into the United States so that we wouldn't have famines. Um, If you look at the numbers, though, the population of the world has increased dramatically since the 1970s and the number of famines that have occurred in the world um, has also gone down. So her worries don't seem to make any sense anymore.
3: Her worries seem kind of icky.
2: They are icky
3: kind of yeah
2: <laughs> um, you know hence the hence the Colcomb Foundation's uh, uh, interest in you know funding anti-immigration groups um, but so it's this really uh, you know the message of the organization goes in one direction and yet where their money goes goes into into another um, and that's becoming more and more evident as more attention is placed on where they where they're putting their money.
1: Yeah how much in comparison to these environmental groups? that are local in our community.
2: I haven't run all the numbers, but uh, the City Paper article makes mention of this and looking at their 990s, it seems uh, true that the majority goes to immigration-related groups and that the rest of it is, is, is much less.
3: I love that you pulled the 990 for
0: this. I wonder if these organizations have any idea that uh, their money is also going toward these hate groups. And does does that create any sort of conflict? Like, would you want to give the money back? Or is it kind of like a good thing, so you're just taking their money because at least it's going towards something decent?
2: The reporting from Rosenfeld doesn't indicate that specific groups are giving the money back. But it does note that you have something like 70 groups Businesses, organizations that are saying that Colcom really needs to pare back its or eliminate its uh, its support of these hate groups.
3: So you said there've been uh, protests. Have any of those activists or demonstrations made any progress, uh, like to get Colcom to stop some of this?
2: It doesn't seem like Colcom, at least from what its representatives have said, um, are going to make any changes. But. Um, as I said, the attention that has been brought to this issue is increasing, like the fact that there are 70 groups that, are, that signed on to this letter now um, is much higher than it has been in the past. Normally it's just been activists who are speaking up and talking to City Paper and going through the numbers. Now you really start to have groups that are, that are stepping in. So I'll be curious to see if Colcom makes any changes going forward.
0: That was really interesting. Thank you, Matt. Francesca, what about you? What are you focusing on?
1: So, did you guys hear that the Allegheny County 911 Dispatchers Union authorized a strike for the same day as the St. Patrick's Day parade? That's going to be what, March 12th? Yes, Saturday, March 12th.
2: Wow, that is oh, such a man. crazy story.
1: Maybe
0: they'll cancel St. Patrick's Day. That is Um,
3: never gonna happen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's realistic.
3: Have y'all ever been to the parade?
2: Yes. Yeah, of course.
3: (laughs) Are you parade people? I feel like you have to know if you're a parade person. (laughs)
2: No.
3: I have not.
2: I've been dragged
3: there. (laughs) Against my will, yeah. In the pre-pandemic days, I thought it was actually a lot of fun. Um, You know, Pittsburgh really gets into that holiday.
0: But that amount of drinking, I feel like the news always covers it every year, and it's people staggering into the streets. You know, I'm sure there's plenty of accidents happening.
3: Maybe that's why I liked it, because I like the 9, 10 a.m. version where, like, most people aren't that drunk yet. Yeah, <laughs> kegs and eggs. Ke- Some people start their morning with kegs and eggs. And
2: uh, <laughs> What part of the city you're in?
3: I know those people.
0: I
1: am not that person. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Well, you know, whether it's fun or not, there's definitely emergencies to respond to. So that's why this is such a big story and definitely a big uh, power move by the union to try to do this strike on that day. Um, it might not happen happen. It really all depends on if the union and the county are able to reach an agreement. So they're actually uh sitting down at the bargaining table today. Um so we'll just have to see what happens from there. But things have been looking pretty bad um at the nine one one response for a while now actually. Francesca,
0: what kind of changes does the union want to see happen?
1: Yeah, it's definitely a staffing issue. Um, So they want definitely more recruits. They want better hours right now that they've been working um, long hours, including frequent 12-hour shifts and uh, facing low pay. And there's a possibility that their overtime pay might be cut later in the year. So, um, So they'd have to keep working overtime, but just not make as much money? Yeah. And right now they're being forced into overtime. <laughs> oh, heck no! <laughs> right, uh, they're being forced into overtime. And that was a big thing during the pandemic because they were. Um you know, they couldn't work from home. They had to go in to the office. So, um, and then you had to deal with the people who were out because of COVID. Um, but the reality is they've been facing shortages for a while now.
2: This isn't just related to the pandemic. This go- this started before then.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, there's actually a, an article in the PG from 2019 that reported that dispatchers were given mandatory double shifts, which was 16 hour days, more than 20 times per year due to low staffing. So, um, you know, this looks like a recruitment in a retainment problem with the county and uh, as well as a workers rights issue and definitely a potential public safety crisis.
2: Well, I hope that they resolve this before St. Paddy's Day, the St. Paddy's Day parade, because if they don't, this is going to be a disaster.
3: Yeah. Can you even imagine? I mean, they already have most officers in the city like pulled onto special duty for events like that. But like if they I mean, this won't happen, but like if they pulled a cop to answer 911 calls, like (laughs) most officers I know, like are not that great with directions. Like (laughs) it takes a special person to navigate maps like that and talk to people in crisis. It's such a yeah, it's such a hard job.
1: Absolutely. There are a great deal of 911 response folks who deal with PTSD. I mean, these are the people who are integral parts of our community, um, just as important as nurses and doctors, they are there to respond to emergencies. So um, yeah, we're definitely hoping they they get something fair um, out of this bargaining um, and so that we don't have to face a crisis. But whether or not they come to an agreement, I think that this is something that's going to be on our radar for a while because it still takes a really long time for them to recruit new people and get them through the training to have them uh, become a part of the team. And Obviously, they're not keeping a lot of people on the team because of the bad hours and bad pay. So, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely keep following this. Speaking of fairness,
0: uh, what's not fair are the prices at the airport. I also kind of feel like, is this even news? Because, yeah, things cost more at the airport, but apparently it's absurdly more. According to a new audit from the Allegheny County Controller's Office, things like beer, um, sealer's merchandise, electronics, even like feminine products cost significantly more at Pittsburgh International Airport than other retailers.
3: Tampons are twice
0: as much. I'm livid. Don't even get me started because we shouldn't be paying for tampons in the first place. But <laughs> Yes, <laughs> preach. Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other discussion. That's a whole other city cast. Um, for example, though, the, it's a 91% markup on a pint of Stella Artois at Bar Simon. I mean, I think Stella's like always over <laughs> <laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> but eleven dollars compared to five seventy five at another bar. If you're paying eleven dollars. They make you pay for your vacation. It's crazy, but apparently this is all I mean, I thought that, you know, the airports were essentially just like the wild west of pricing like they could just that's not you know that territory is not governed by anyone and they can just charge us whatever they want because we're stranded apparently this violates an agreement with i think it's called freyport it used to be air mall which was you know hmm. easier to pronounce but now it's Freeport. um and and the airport authority is there
1: anything being done about this like how are they solving this issue
3: Well, the airport says there's no issue, right? Like that they're like trying to keep things at street value and they're doing their best.
0: Well, so what (laughs) they've done so far is that, yeah, they, they have like sent people out there to basically like, make these individual, because it's not the entire airport, um, you know, allegedly, but they're making the individual vendors, um, you know, resolve the the price discrepancies. But there have been stores there. There's like been 14 stores that have been marked as repeat offenders since 2019. So it's not at all uncommon. So basically they might dial it back for, you know, like a happy hour and then... <laughs> hike the prices right back up
1: the airport definitely is not a cheap date um that's why i always pack snacks my purse is like a picnic when i go to the airport because i do not want to rely on uh buying an overpriced bag of nuts or something
3: same always same
0: i'm just i'm afraid that if i go to the airport with like pre-packaged snacks that they're gonna at some point during security tell me that like, you know, I can't carry these in and I'm gonna have a meltdown and end up on a no-fly list.
3: Yeah, but even if you lose your 50 cents worth of baby (laughs) carrots, it's still cheaper than what you're about to pay airside. It's still painful. Totally.
2: And don't try to bring Stella Artois through the, the TSA mistake i will never make again
3: well and we're talking about all of this under the shadow of the new terminal that's going to be built too so that was i think originally a 2022 or 23 uh, opening date and of course the pandemic just put a huge stopper in that they're moving along again i know they broke ground not too long ago but it's still a lot of work to be done before we have the the new airside space
0: a lot of work a lot of uh Monitoring these businesses, these naughty businesses that are upcharging us at the airport.
1: <laughs> Speaking
3: of naughty businesses. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> wow. <did> Very you- <laughs> nice, Francesca. <laughs> Um, yeah, mine's a bit of a throwback. Um, I don't know if anybody's a John Oliver person. Um, I love his comedy, but he often puts me to sleep. I think it's just the hour that he comes on on Sunday nights. I'm usually like ready for bed. Uh, but he mentioned a Pittsburgh story that I thought was worth bringing up again. Um, a few years ago, a reporter at the Pittsburgh Trib, Megan Guzza, did this amazing collection of reporting about sex workers and how they were being charged by Allegheny County Police. So a lot of times when somebody gets charged with a crime, they'll stack the charges um, and maybe include a felony, knowing that the person will plead down to get rid of that felony charge and maybe plead guilty to a misdemeanor. So now they have a criminal record, things like that. So one of the charges that was being included for a lot of sex workers in the documents that she looked at was possessing an instrument of crime. Anyone want to guess what that instrument was? Uh, condoms for 100, Alec. (laughs) (laughs) Ding, 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 ding.
0: That's not how you answer on Jeopardy, but you know. Close
3: enough. (laughs) Um, They sometimes did it for cell phones, too. But yeah, uh, just because of her reporting, the policy was reversed. It's really neat that she was able to take this data and talk to police officers and out some of these guys for some of the shady shit they were doing. Um, You know, some of them getting so deep into the, like, sting operation, quote unquote, that they were having, they were in their boxers and, like, describing this in detail and having like the girls stripped down. Most often it was women. Um, And then asking for the condom. And then that's when they charge them is when a condom was pulled out or present.
2: Megan, officers can sometimes act on their own accord. They can make decisions about what they're going to charge. Was there ever a policy that said that condoms were, you know, a chargeable offense?
3: No, it's not my understanding that there was a policy as such, but it was an accepted practice um, that this be included. So it wasn't Every officer wasn't doing it every time, but it was happening often enough that certainly in the sex worker community, they were aware of it. And, you know, when Megan talked to a few people, they were like, yeah, we think this is bullshit. We want it changed. I think it's really wonderful that a reporter was able to elevate that and make a change for a community of people that are already sometimes considered among our more vulnerable and need someone to speak up for them. So kudos to her and kudos to John Oliver for bringing it up again.
0: That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. And because Megan and I are off the coffee train this week, mine is for Lent. She's just torturing herself. We started talking about what we've got to do for ourselves in the morning to be seen in public or even turn on our cameras for a work call. So what's your personal bare minimum? Newsletter writer, Francesca Tobacco
1: Well, you guys are a lot stronger than I am because I have to have my coffee. Uh, my preferred is a cup of coffee commonplace coffee I like to get whatever beans are fresh Uh, normally just go to the Mexican war street location and I guess a hot shower I don't know I'm pretty low maintenance but definitely not as strong as you guys are (laughs) lead producer Matt Stroud
2: I'm pretty simple I need a cup of coffee I normally take it from La Prima Espresso recently I've switched and I hate it so I can't wait to get back to La Prima but yeah just coffee
0: senior producer Megan Harris
3: uh mascara actually is the one thing that makes me feel like i am actually awake in the morning without it i look like a a sad little baby bunny
0: yeah for me it's uh it's close to mascara it's putting on eyebrows so that's what i need to feel complete (laughs) our theme music is by benji if you like what we're doing let us know we'll be back monday with more news from around the city see you then sex workers get your money
3: it's like the tagline for the show yeah
0: yeah i'm not i'm never mad at it you know i'm never mad at the way that people get money unless it's um, unless it's the airport overcharging <laughs> <laughs> unless, it's, unless, it's, unless it's gouging me at the airport <laughs>